Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos. Stephanopoulos. You know, there was a restaurant when I lived in Houston called uh, Papa's. Oh, yeah. It's a chain. Papados. Yes. So Papados, Papa Burgers. Papa's, Papa, there's one. Papa Papacitos. Oh, and Papacitos. Papacitos. And uh, tell me if it's the same way in Dallas, as it is in Dallas. When you see one of those restaurants, they're all right there. In the yeah. Area. It's like they come in and they Because they're different styles. right. One's a seafood. Papados? Did you say yeah, Papados? Papa Do's the the Cajun, Cajun seafood. Uh-huh. Um, they're owned by a Greek family. I think they're called the... The Papadopoulos. Papa, the Papadopoulos. The Papa... Papa brothers, Papadopoulos brothers. I played basketball with a with a guy who had a Greek. He wasn't from Greece, but he had a Greek name, Papa Sorrento. <laughs> they just have cool names. It just sounds cool. Hmm. Um, they bought Lubies. The the Papa Brothers company that the Papa Do's that whole company bought, bought Lubies. Lubies. The the main. So they own. They're the main owners of Lubies. You mean the restaurant that just went out of business on Mesa Street? Well, that one location. Yeah. They still got. You know, I'm gonna go Luby's today. Ooh. I used to love Luby's, and like, I don't know if it's a, like a change in my palate or or what it is. But oh, it's too salty it's, now. It's very salty. Yeah, I think it might so be your salty. palate because even like it's so salty, I can't eat it anymore. I feel like every, you complain about too much salt in everything these days. Like, yeah, everything tastes super super salty. And ever since you've been complaining about it, it makes me think about that. You know what tastes really salty? Salt. <laughs> no, I only barely noticed it when I was I would cook for you, and you would say this is a little too salty. salty. And I would taste it and go, no, it doesn't taste that bad. Oh. Yeah, I've really gotten very finicky when it comes to salt. The King, the movie with Timothy Chalamet from 2019. <laughs> Why did you bring this up to me? Such to, a great movie. When did when did you see it? I saw it about a year ago, and then I watched it again yesterday. Okay, that sounds about right. <laughs> and it's really uh, there's no reason why you would have brought that up to me. It's great if you if you love like British actors. This one is just loaded with. Great I like history. British actors. I just like if history. You like history if you like Shakespeare because it's basically the story of Henry V, and Timothy Chalamet pay, plays Henry V. So I it's was got Joel Edgerton, who is he plays John Falstaff. Okay, so it's I was so reading uh, about I don't know why Robert I was Pattinson reading. is an amazing, amazing band actor. of brothers. The TV show. Okay, so there's going to be a new um, show that's by uh, by Steven Spielberg and in Tom the, Hanks and Tom Hanks in the same vein as Band of Brothers and The Pacific. Well, both of those were awesome, but it's going to be about the the Air Force and it's called Lords of the Air okay. or Air Lords. I don't I will, remember. I will watch you. You got me. Uh, Butler in it is in Austin Butler. Okay. Sounds uh, great. So, in the researching, I was uh, reading up on Band of Brothers, and you know the term Band of Brothers. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. I, well, I didn't know that. I thought they made it up for we the TV few. show. I, we lucky few. We Band of Brothers. It's a speech from 
Henry V. Henry V. Yeah. Right to his troops on the eve of the Battle and, of Agincourt. And when you read it, when you read, <laughs> oh, I have a, I, I at some point I got to make a major major confession. I was looking at my diploma. I guess I didn't graduate with an English literature degree. What is it? Communications. <laughs> I, well, I, I remember. I remember my last two semesters, but especially my last two semesters, I kind of had to decide. Uh, I had enough where I I had to make a choice. What's my major going to be? And it could have been English lit, uh, interpersonal communications, broadcast communications. I honestly thought. Did I you finished. do the broadcast communications? Well, I I had taken classes in that field. Well, I'm saying, what does the diploma say? Uh, communications. Oh, just communications. Just, yeah, Bachelor of Arts communication. Did you but, just find it? I guess it was packed away, and yeah, I just found it. But <laughs> honest to God, I've been saying, and I honestly thought that my degree was in English literature. But you've been I, hanging your hat on that for a while. Well, I have to retract that now because <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, you know, I'm glad you. I'm glad you uh, are willing to say it. But because you, because you do know a lot about English literature, right? I don't know and you anybody, had to take those classes. I don't know if anybody else was in it. A position like that, but at some point it was like, all right, if I want to finish up by the end of the spring semester, I'm just going to take I, these, right? And it was, you know, I forgot, I misremembered which one I picked. Um, so yeah, the, there's this famous speech that King Henry V gives on the eve of battle before Agincourt, and it's almost a very uh, like they know they might not win because they're so. Underwhelmed. They, they, they're, the enemy, they're they're so overwhelmed by the enemy. Their forces are going to be underwhelming. And he, he gives this speech like, "Look, people, if you die tomorrow in battle, people will remember your names." Is this a once more into the breach? That was earlier in the play. Okay. Um, once more. Uh, how does it? God. Once more into the breach, dear friends. Once more. I. I I find that fascinating, and then you tell me that there's this movie, and that's why we, when you brought it, you were talking about Band of Brothers, and I said, I had heard about this. I, I don't reading, even remember it being in theaters. I think it might have came out straight to streaming. in the pandemic, and it might have, so it was 2000, well, it was 2019. Well, it was made in 2019. Anyway, it's on, I think, Netflix. Uh, and I've, now I've watched it twice, and I really think it's great. So uh, Henry V was... Called a warrior king. How does Timothy Chalamet cut as a warrior king? A Timothy Chalamet is really, really good actor. I mean, he's he's fantastic in it. I think he's really good in almost everything. And Robert Pattinson plays the the French Dauphin, the son of the king. And he's Charles the Louis. Oh, oh, it's Louis. And he's he's always great. You know, it was kind of worked against him that he was in this kind of, the, you know, the Twilight thing, and people think, oh, it's oh Patton, like, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson, but he is su- such a, really a good fantastic actor. act. Uh, him, who's the other one you really, oh, Eddie Redmayne? Eddie Redmayne's not in this, but Sean Harris, who's a you know, I was going to say Irish. that Eddie Redmayne, um, and who was the Spider-Man? Andrew Garfield, the, all the British ones. So Andrew Garfield, Robert Pattinson, and Eddie Redmayne, they like roomed together, they like were roommates. Before they were famous? Yeah. And they were always like talking about who would be, you know, oh, Robert's definitely going to be the, the famous one, you know. Right, who, which one of us are going to become famous? And then Robert got Twilight and he kind of was getting a little bit more, you know, traction and fame than the other guys. Um, and it was just interesting to know that they 
they all kind of hung out with each other before. But what your my point is, he is he was a good actor. He was a he is a serious actor, a good actor, and that they even recognize it. One Eddie Redmayne, who one of the best, who uh, played Stephen Hawking. I, I think Eddie Redmayne's a great. He you don't you didn't you didn't see him in Stephen Hawking? Oh, yeah, I guess I didn't see that. Oh, he plays great. Stephen I didn't Hawking. see the one. I think he won an Academy Award for the Danish Girl, and I I didn't see that either. And for him to call Robert Pattinson like, oh, we knew he was going to be one of the best actors. Yeah, well, I agree with him. Uh, uh, so uh, historically, do you want to talk about the history of uh, King Henry V and the war between them and France? Uh, I mean, that movie's fresh in my mind, and I don't think it was necessarily I'm not 100% sure you, historically accurate. Yeah, I'm, I was going to say, I'm not sure you <laughs> the whole I don't, right, I don't story. Think. So this, well, the, it happened at the near the end of the Hundred Years' War. In the, I'm, I'm more familiar with the play than I am with the actual historical events. Uh, the play is pretty close. So I guess uh, Henry V believed that he had the legitimate claim to the French throne. Correct. And this actually goes back a hundred years to the Capetian and Plantagenet rivalry. The Capetians, uh, or the House of Capet, uh, the French rulers, and then the Plantagenets, which was uh, King Henry's mm-hmm. family. But the, King Henry's family, the Plantagenets, come from a French a family. A branch of the, French. the French royal family. So it was, yeah. it was actually French on French uh, more war than anything. And a lot of the army soldiers for the English army were French, because they, especially the fighting in, in France. So it's kind of interesting. I, I I didn't know that part about. And so yeah, they fought over who had the right to rule France. Well, Henry V at this time is uh, beating everybody to the point where they control pretty much half of France, half of the northern France. And the Duke of uh, Burgundy at the time uh, was the ally. Well, the Duke of Burgundy was Henry V's brother. Humphrey, the Duke of Burgundy? Yes, which is why they were allies. But so anyways, Henry <laughs> Henry, Henry V. Again, I am, this is, I'm not the expert on the actual history of it, so well, I'm just admitting Burgundy that. was a part of France originally, and then it was given away for some royal who saved the king of France's life. That was Sir Ron of Burgundy. <laughs> Anyways, all right, so King Henry V pretty much wins the war at this point, and he is given the crown. He is named the heir to the, the king. The heir to the king. That's right. Of the French king. Of the French king. He's already the king of England. And that the French king's son is illegitimate and cannot be king of France, and they signed the Treaty of Troyes. And, Troyes. Yes. And for a while they thought, oh, there's going to be one country kind of ruled by the British monarch. Well, then King Henry dies within like a year or two. So this kind of goes off the rails. And... The son of the king of France, the Dauphin, uh, God, I wish I had, I think it was King Charles VII. Okay. Anyways. Uh, All I was saying was it was a good movie, man. <laughs> get this, that, that King Charles VII, the only way he was able to get his crown back was through the efforts of a certain warrior woman. Ah. Jean, Jean d'Arc. d'Arc. Yes. That 
they were said we're not going to have any uh, English monarch on our throne. Be go back. back. To, go back to England. Cross your pond, you silly English knivets. Nibbets. <laughs> yeah, that's what they said to him. I've seen that. I've seen that documentary as well. Uh, I fought in your general direction. And so <laughs> the uh, the Hundred Years' War pretty much ends up right where it began. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the French owned France. A, the, lot, a lot of confusion, the, but kind of the way it shook out was France was still France. And England, England was, was still England. England. Right. Uh, and <laughs> I think it's fascinating. I love, I love uh, history so much, and I think it's fascinating how... Did you ever watch, uh, this is not really off topic, but a little bit. Did you ever watch a Showtime series called The Borgias? I watched the Medici one, all three of the Medici ones. Oh. Um, you didn't watch the one with Jeremy I, Irons? I started the one with Jeremy Irons, the okay. Borgias, but I think, what was his name? Alexander Borgia? Maybe it was Alexander Borgia. The father. Was. The father, right, who Jeremy Irons plays. Well, he's Pope Alexander. Pope Alexander, all right, he's Pope Alexander. His name might have been Roger. Anyways, he's like a deviant. Like, he had like a family of like 10 kids, you know? The Pope is not supposed to be fucking. He he had children who also, one of them became a cardinal. Oh, yeah. And that was Cesare. Cesare, who also then became a mercenary uh, captain. He gave up his bishops, uh, his bishopship and cardinalship. Became that's, that's a, the way it played out in season two of the Borgias, yeah. Uh, and then became like a great mercenary captain, what, known for his fighting. Ends up taking one of the duchies of Italy for himself. I and brought up the Borgias, establishing his own kingdom. So, the the Cesare character had uh, a, a close friend who was a master assassin. His name was Micheletto. And Micheletto was played by this Irish actor named I want to say Sean Harris, but anyway, he's in the he's in the the King, the movie about Henry. Oh, he is we're talking about yeah, Micheletto Corella. Yeah, was he? He's such an interesting actor. He doesn't look or sound like anybody else on How the. How do planet. you know he was an assassin? He was a condottiero. That's it. In the, in the TV show, The Borgias, he was an assassin. He oh. would strangle people and garrot them and all this Known stuff. as Valentino's executioner, he mm-hmm. and Cesare Borgia were thought to be close friends since childhood, going on to study with each other at the University of Pisa. <laughs> 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 you know, my chum from college, he murders all my enemies for me. Yeah, we were in the same frat. Th- this era of history is so <laughs> fascinating to me because this is where you have uh, okay, Machiavelli. But but we're jumping ahead like 75 years if you go from the hunt, well, at the end of the Hundred Years' War. About Bor- 50 years, the, yeah. Yeah. The Borgias or, or Pope Alexander was in power at about the time that the New World was discovered. Yes. But that era in Europe, while all that was going on in the Americas, uh, in Europe, it's like, let's say 1500. Let's use that as a start date. Just 1500. Yeah, just 1500. It was the start of what they called the Italian Wars. It was a conflict where, okay, so Italy was a bunch of different states at the time. You had Naples, you had the Roman Republic, you had, uh, gosh, I can't even think of, uh, uh, Florence and... Gilder. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, that's Princess Bride. But anyways, <laughs> so they each one of these 
duchies were would fight each other, but also they would be controlled by other external powers. Like France really were allies with two of them, like Naples, and the Holy Roman Empire was friends with the other ones. So there was kind oh, of yeah. and, and the French king, I think, at some point had some kind of claim to some of these duchies yes. in, in Italy. So then these Italian wars, what it started off were these proxy wars, essentially, what we would call proxy wars today, were these great powers sending in their armies to all fight in Italy. Yeah. If you want to know what a proxy war is, it's kind of what we're in in Ukraine right now. Right. We're basically fighting (laughs) Russia with somebody else's army. Um, And the whole 1500s were the experimentation of war between these countries. So that's where you see pikes come out. Like pike formations first come out of the Italian wars because they were so effective in Italy. And uh, oh, there's a there's a scene where uh, who's is it Michelangelo or Leonardo da Vinci makes this uh, cannon? Except it's like four cannons in a row, and each one of them have a cannonball, but they're all connected by a chain, and you have to fire them at the same time. Oh, that's a, the cha- yeah, that's a real thing. And this the- thing flies out, and it just cuts everybody to shreds. But it, you had to time it perfectly because they all had to fire at the same time was that a real historical thing yeah well i always thought it would be two cannonballs in one cannon i mean they might have with a chain connected them and it would spin and it would just cut just ripping people apart yeah yeah i think that was real fascinating era i mean the, the italian wars are some of the most fascinating conflicts at the time very violent very bloody extremely but look what we got the Renaissance, yeah. the Enlightenment, Michelangelo, the Sistine Chapel, Leonardo da Vinci, all of this stuff. Well, in the middle of uh, the Italian Wars in the 1550s is right when you see Martin Luther, or maybe 1530, I think, Martin Luther puts up his, his bull, what are the, the papal bull? His response to the papal bull. They were called papal bulls were these announcements by the Pope. Anyways, Martin Luther puts up his thing on the, the door of the church. You know what I'm talking about? That was in Germany, though. Yes, but it happened because he was so fed up with seeing the excesses of these popes and bishops. Yeah. It's like, and, hey, uh, Pope uh, Jeremy Irons there has a hot wife and a bunch of kids. What's going gold. on? And gold. Everything's gilded. And Have you seen the pope? That's still, I mean, well, but at the time, it's hard was, to come out and talk about materialism and condemning greed when you're wearing a gigantic gold-encrusted hat to me. And I guess that's the way Martin Luther felt about it. And not just that. There were these things called benefices. Indulgences. Indulgences where you could basically pay to get your sins removed. And so you could go to heaven. And the the bishops would be like, yes, please, just give us your money. If you give us enough money, not only that... You know your dad who died ten years ago. We can get him we out, can of get him out of purgatory. Yeah, we can send him back. In. You just have to get wait, us wait, a lot wait. of How money. does this work? Do you do you send a message? <laughs> you know what? Don't worry about it. You just hand over the cash. We'll get your father out of purgatory and into paradise. Quicker. I think a lot of people who ended up paying this were like, "We know this is bullshit, but this is going to get us in with you guys, I guess. Yeah. So you treat us right. better. Yeah, yeah. Just the level of corruption. I can understand where Martin Luther might have been coming from. But anyways, you have this right in the middle of the 1500s. You have the Italian wars going on in the 1500s. And uh, uh, do you know about the two different popes, like the anti-pope? And yeah. one goes to France, and they set up a whole Catholic church in France. Yes. It's like this is some of the most chaotic events going on in the world, and yet well, you're right. The Enlightenment comes out of it. We get a lot of 
you know, great things. I wonder, like, if you're in the middle of all that, I wonder if you could just be like, you know what? Eh, I don't really want to go to church. I'm just, uh. Who do I listen to? I, I'm not telling you not to go, but it's not for me. It would have printed probably the one time where you would have been like, okay. Because after that, the Protestants, they were pretty hardcore. Protestants got really hardcore, too. All right. Thanks for listening to the AfterBuzz. Folks, you, you listener, you, appreciate it. Get the AfterBuzz wherever you find your podcast. And don't forget to listen to the Buzz Adams Morning Show every weekday morning from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. on KLQ 95.5. Talk to you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.